Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Hi, you're listening to our conversation about babes in Toyland. Ooh, get your toys out and have a play. <laughs> what? Is, everyone, it does... everyone watched the porn, right? The way he was supposed to. Oh, it does. It does sound a bit like those um, those um, rude in quotation marks. Um, Jim Davidson pantomime things they used oh, to it's do. Like Cinderella god. with the, uh, yeah. He's, oh oh god. god! Oh god! I'd successfully forgotten about all of those. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, the fucking boy chubby brown genre of pantomime. What is the sin in Cinderella? Is she like, is it just like sex out of wedlock or something, or is it she actually a fucking serial killer or something? That'd be great. <laughs> Cinderella. Oh, she sinned down on her knees. Ask for forgiveness, but Buttons isn't going to give it to you. Um, wow, this no. really did not go in the direction I was expecting. <laughs> right over the keys. No, no, no. Hello, welcome to Spoiler Phil Film Conversation. Hooray. Hooray. Um, I'm Richard. With me to chat about a film is Anthony. Hello. Abby. Hello. And our kidnapping tree, Jamie. I am barely here for this. <laughs> well, thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. The, I mean, I do need to clarify this week's film because it isn't. It isn't a smutty, weird porn, and there are other babes. There's more than one babes in Thailand, so I will give the details because we're not talking about the Laurel and Hardy one from the thirties. We are talking about the nineteen sixty one Babes in Thailand, directed by Jack Donahue. Uh, also Austin Jewell is that if I read it now the two directors is that possible yeah I guess different bits to direct uh, produced by Walt Disney and starring uh, Anita Fancello Ray Boogler Sa- uh, Tommy Sands Ed Wynn Bess Flowers Tommy Kirk and then a bunch of bloody kid actors who cares about them <laughs> Babes in Toyland is a musical adventure set in the world of nursery rhymes and <sighs> makes no fucking sense and nobody cares about anything but essentially it's about <laughs> an evil man trying to stop the wedding of two a, a young couple and you, um... get some money out of it. Even though he has a massive fat piggy bank full of gold, it seems to be broke. You forgot one of the most important members of the cast. Um, Tommy... Tommy Sands hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tommy Sands looked a little bit like uh, a, a budget Tony Curtis myself. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. I was trying to think of who he reminded me of. And also, Tommy Kirk as Grumio looked like an out of time Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> also, the only place I've heard the name Grumio other than this is in the sitcom Plebs where one of the plebs is from Roman times is called Grumio. Is that a name, Grumio? Is it... I I feel like in uh, our modern era, Grumio is a very unfortunate name. It is. <laughs> Pedophile <laughs> pseudonym, Grumio. It's, a, it's the worst Pokemon you <laughs> can find. A very dubious name for a barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway... Uh, 
I'll get into why I picked this, and then I could apologise and yeah, we could move on. Please explain this. <laughs> fucking hell. Well, I took the Anthony tack of half-remembered dreams. <laughs> <laughs> childhood half-memories. was like, I swear to God, I watched this. I must have watched this a few times as a child. Uh, it's not quite on this... Uh, I mean... I know Jamie's not a big fan of any childhood innocent musicals of or any musicals, but there are, I think there's a pecking order. Films like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins are kind of a, a high benchmark of what Disney musicals can be, and this is the very early first prototype attempt. You can see a little bit in this of what will come, but uh, it's one of the lesser Disney musicals that I watched as a child, but watched a bunch of times. And I was like, oh, there was a, like a kind of Laurel and Hardy couple of dickheads in colourful claws splashing about in a puddle. I seem to remember that. And I, I think I used to pretend to be them and now look like one of them. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my claws fit. No, they, oh, my kid, my claws fit just as well as the tiny waist and <laughs> giant trousers of these guys. Uh, there were just bits, little bits of this film I could remember. And the big, the soldiers, I guess Thailand itself, even though it's shit upon rewatching, it didn't look half as good in my mind. <laughs> and uh, something about trees, I couldn't remember what it was about them, and then I was like, fuck me, no wonder I deleted this from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to re-explore uh, Babes in Thailand, and I was like, oh, why not get other people to experience what I've experienced? <laughs> why am I, I the only one who's nice to us? Why? <laughs> You've watched. We've watched some shit because of you. You can't play this because you gave us a good film last time. Anyway, that's what I was ready for: is rekindling some childhood classics. And uh, I wish I hadn't stalked that particular bonfire. Now it was more of a dumpster fire. It turns out. <laughs> uh, Anthony, have you heard of Babes in Thailand before? I had, but not of this version. Which one did you uh, see? I knew what for like the the eighties version with Keanu Reeves in it. Wow, I mean I don't know that that's a bullet dodged. Either way, you hit you get hit by a bullet. Either way, I've I've always been curious about that film, and having seen this, I'm even more curious about uh, how this got made again in the eighties. Why do they keep revisiting this trash, this shit <laughs> operator that got turned into various films? There's nothing about it. I mean, I guess the fun of Chill, uh, like action and adventure in a toy world, but it isn't really. Anyway, so you'd heard of the eighties one? Yeah, um, not this. Um, from like the trailer I watched, it seemed really cheap and naff. Um, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, but it's like it's also that's obviously what they were kind of going for as well. If you know what I mean? Well, I think it they, they wanted it to be easy to film. <laughs> Although there, there's some ambitious, there's some ambitious uh, wire work at bits. I, think. I was, I was gonna say, I don't, I, I jumped on the cheap thing, but I guess I, I don't comparatively think that's to what came fair. It's it, feels... it is pretty ambitious, and there are some things that are kind of impressive for the time. So cheap is naff just... is definitely fair. I feel like it, it was part of the you know aesthetic that they were going for because you know they yeah. started off by opening it, opening like the curtains onto a stage, and it's quite clearly a big set on a stage, mm-hmm. and it's like it's, then and then everything looking a bit off is kind of fine because 
you know, that's it's kind of point. what they were going for. Like it's it's supposed to be a pantomime you're watching, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's very much like the most the most lavish pantomime or the most budget musical, <laughs> depending <Yeah>. on <laughs> how you look at it. But yeah, you you kind of storybook fantasy land, big colours, cartoon characters. Uh, well, because I did, but yeah, well, because I didn't have that context before watching it, I wasn't really looking forward to it because, like I said, it just looked a bit cheap and naff, yeah. and uh, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Abby, had this crossed your weary eyes in your childhood? <laughs> I had accidentally mixed this up with another film called Babes, Babes in Arms. Babes in Arms sequel where they they fight the, the the babes fight back against the toy dictators. So I was expecting Mickey Ro- Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland, and that is not what I got. Babes in Arms. I don't mm. know what that is. Neither do I, because I thought it was this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. Fair enough. I could understand Judy Garland in being in something like this. Um, she could have done a better job I think actually <laughs> come to think of it the character main characters are a little bit uh, dull yeah. the many of their songs are dull like who gives a shit oh, I mean I, as a child you kind of hate the romancy prissy songs but even as an adult I'm like oh, there's no merit in this this is just lovey dovey bullshit they're barely songs most of the songs are very descriptive as well yeah just what's happening is we happening are these now. people <laughs> They're all like that, nearly. Uh, But then, uh, Abby, you defended the fact that the songs are quite literal, didn't you, Abby? What was your explanation when we were talking before? Well, you mentioned to me that it was an operetta, Mm. which I'm not overly familiar with, but I do associate opera, and I guess operetta, with descriptive songs rather than emotional ones. Yeah, so you could kind of blame it on the fact that the musical it's originated on was fitting the form of the explaining everything through song, rather than not coming up with any interesting lyrics or subtext. Mm. Yeah, so two haven't hadn't seen it, and Jamie, you obviously hadn't seen it either, is that right? Yeah, I think my awareness of it was similar to Anthony's. I knew more... Well, I barely know anything about the 80s version either, other than people say it's a weird film and it has a young Keanu Reeves and Drew Barrymore in it. Um, and I, I think I may have vaguely been aware that that was a, not a remake, but like a, another version of something. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those, it's it's one of those phrases that I'd heard in in like film history, Babes in Thailand, but like no, I didn't even know it was a Disney thing. Also, who's yeah. calling children babes as well? It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that word has completely taken on another context now. Um, also, I, I, yeah, two, part of me two would adults hear that and, think, and Two adults and some incidental children who aren't that important in Thailand yeah. for reasons that are not really fully clear. Also, Th- Thailand is not that important. They just sort of end up there and then it becomes the new plot. Yeah, <laughs> and also there's a sort of um, confusing element where Toyland seems to work much like the North Pole, but the toy ma- the yeah. toy, toy maker is, is doing this job of Santa or the elves, but that's not the myth of Christmas. And Christmas doesn't come up. It's just apart from the toys are needed for Christmas. But it's 
doesn't, <sighs> it's sort of not it's confusing myth myth origin stories or something I don't know so I it's like a kind of footnote as well it's like oh yeah. by the way like we'll add another half an hour to this film yeah I mean I don't know how much of it is from the operetta how much has been changed it's like I don't know the history of the operetta other than people saying oh such and such classic song is included in this film and it's one of the situations where I'm like you can you can say that a song is classic you can say any any, you can fucking say anything you want (laughs) because there is not a song in this where I'm like well that one was okay like I I don't know I'm not gonna have that because I did like the villain song I like yeah the first one where he like again explain that they're the villains yeah but um, but yeah a lot of the songs are just meandering explanations of things that are happening I didn't mind the one about sums so much even uh, though it was existential <laughs> crisis about being a woman who can't understand math yeah <laughs> but I I am probably I don't know the the most anti musical one on the podcast yeah um, I'm very selective with the musicals I can put up with. Uh, a lot of the time, they have to be quite tongue in cheek about the fact that they're a musical, um, and also have like good songs in them. Yeah. Even when I was a kid, I didn't like like I don't know fucking Aladdin. Apart from uh, the genie song, the rest of them can fuck off. Oh, come what on. are your favourites, Jamie? My favourite musicals. Uh, I would pr- I <sighs> God I don't know I think one that I would pull that is like a, a more typical like classical music like classic musical the 60s version of Oliver is it just Oliver with an exclamation point yeah yeah, yeah. I think so yeah I'm, I'm okay with that one mainly because most of the songs in it by themselves are quite good apart from that awful one that Oliver Twist sings about looking out a window or whatever. Who will buy? No, 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 that's fucking great. I love Who Will Buy, and I (laughs) don't really know why. (laughs) It's just that one, and the one that, what's her her name? Bill Sykes' girlfriend sings in the pub. Um, and And of course Fagin's song. I got to pick up the culture. Like, those songs are great. Sure. Um, but other than that, I don't know. The the the, the tacky tongue in cheek ones like Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah, that's um, one, yeah. or the South Park yeah, musical yeah. because it's a really surprisingly good parody of Les Mis. Um, but like, yeah, even as a kid, yeah. Apart from what was it? Be prepared. In Lion the Lion King, the rest of the songs in that film can fuck off. Oh, I don't know. You'd be there. I mean, uh, there's a lot of classics going under the bus here. Uh, right, so no, music fucking, you like, I like the thing. Hakuna Matata. I can't have a heart, like, mate. Anyway, we're not here to discuss Matata. all musical kind. The point is... You, you talked you... over my amazing joke. Oh, what was your joke? <laughs> it said Hakuna Matata, more like Hakuna doesn't matter. <laughs> Ugh, Jesus fucking hell. But, um... Or the weird bit where Elton John sings and the 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 lady lion gives a sexy look to Simba. <laughs> and like, the f- fuck is this? This is activating some people, I think. <laughs> no 
do. There's some internet culture that's around these days because of that. But no, uh, like even like you know the the Disney '90s Renaissance with all of its songs, it just musicals, sure. My brain stops in a, in a film when a song starts because I'm like, well, this is not the plot now. It's this is happening, and then we'll go back to the story. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, you had to suffer through it. I appreciate that. It was never going to win you over, especially because it is a fairly uh, mediocre Shit. attempt <laughs> at entertaining. But I think it kids is... could probably be drawn in because it is so over the top well, and silly looking. I. I have an almost five-year-old who was invested for the first 15 minutes (laughs) and then just fucking left the room and I was like, oh, I wish I could do the same, but this is for (laughs) I would say that's a little too old. (laughs) Several months is appropriate. I think, like, (laughs) a child who can't think and can't move and run away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I don't know. Maybe it is about right. I don't know what. I don't know how old I was. Young. I don't know. Anyway, um, this film. I don't know what it could have been called instead of Babes in Thailand. Maybe something about nursery rhymes would have been better because it is a world of nursery rhymes. Although, I, I don't know. So it's Mary Mary, quite contrary, is the main lady who the, mm. the sort of the love story's about. And then is it Tom Thumb? Do they clarify this? Could get shrunk to small size, but Tom Piper, it says. Tom Piper, who the fuck's that? I don't know. Do you have a pipe? Smokes a pipe, tickles a pig, teaches kids about road safety. <laughs> pig tickling. Pig tickling Tom <laughs> on his pipe of dreams. Nursery rhymes are always pretty shit. I mean, we get a few um, uh, little dance song and dance numbers about the village people, not the ones from. <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> yeah, the people who live in it's... fucking non... What is it? Nursery yeah. Rhymeland? I don't know. But no, Mother Goosville. Look. Oh, yes. Okay. Did anyone else who hadn't seen this film before, so I guess Anthony <laughs> and Abby, when the the curtains came up and then the fucking puppet goose stuck his head out, did anyone else <laughs> just go, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Here we go. That, no, have... that was me putting my first toe out onto the knife edge. <laughs> like, this could go either way. I don't yeah. know which way this is going. Come it, on, guys. Yeah, it, was a, it, it, was a... it wasn't... It wasn't... Oh, for fuck's sake. It's like... Okay. All right. Where is yeah. this going? <laughs> I mean, it's got Mother Goose, who is a woman... Just an old woman who has a bonnet and colourful clothes. Can. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not... No, well, she's got the kind of uh, Rod Hull thing going on with a goose. Only she doesn't have to... She has a voice... And it's not her voice, it's, unless she's a, the most amazing ventriloquist ever. Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't even think as a child. It didn't, didn't even occur to me that it was a hand in the goose. It was only this time around. I was going, oh, fair play. She's, yeah, she's doing. She got her hand up a goose. It's, that's fine. It's kind of impressive that she's doing like, she's doing a ventriloquist act, but someone else is doing the voice. I don't yeah, know what they did. Just a tie bit, right, for the moment. Yeah. I like the bit where she starts petting her own hand and it's like, oh, she's consoling the goose, but the goose is her own hand. What a, <laughs> wow. This is this method acting shit going on. <laughs> she's lived as a goose. Uh, it also annoyed me that it's like he's a goose, right? But a goose is a gander. Shouldn't she be Mother Gander? Or how does it work? 
Is she a goose? Uh, she's a woman. I don't understand. Why I'm you... glad that you do this logic questioning even <laughs> in the films that you picked. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Mother Goose from Nursery Rhymes? Anyway, who the fuck's that? There's some bitch with gooses. Pieces. Guy. Guys. <laughs> Guy. You're a guys. I because yeah. I've always known her as a figure like overseeing or yeah. like nursery rhymes, and I, I don't know case, why. That is the same. I don't know if she has her own nursery rhyme in in some way. Goosey goosey gander, mother goose is here, sticking her arm out up a goose's ass. I don't know. Um, but we get we get like a little montage at the start after the fucking goose pops his head and is like, I'm a fucking goose. Hello, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a prick to the villain and kind of spoil the vibes and be on to him from the get go because the goose goose geese are smart or something. Uh, I'll be just a surly cunt goose. <laughs> uh, but once once it's introduced to the world of nursery rhymes, uh, we open the, the the play and the book and the fucking curtains. They have a little song and dance, all this canty fucking Wizard of Oz style, colourful pricks. I mean, with their costumes. It's one of those situations where it's like, well, all of this is like impressive, but I don't care. Yeah, well, you're not <laughs> for what? you. Like, well, did you get like we had some pro stunts going on, guys? We had uh, yeah. Wee Willy Wink. Is it Wee Willy Winky? The guy who jumps. The, who's the candlestick guy? Jack. Jack, be nimble, yeah. Jack, be quick. Jack, why are we jumping a candlestick? Why Set is it gigantic? <laughs> Burns victim Jack and his candlestick stunts. Yeah. And we had Simon the Pieman who had a massive stack of pies. And then they, they, they some prick from the main story tripped him and got a pie in his face and then somehow Simon managed to catch a big stack of pies. I mean, this is, you know, silly... Did anyone else notice, did anyone else notice how massive a mouthful of that banana that kid took? <laughs> I don't like, I don't like bananas anyway. And just seeing that right at the start of the film made me fucking sick. I was creeped out by the moment, like one of the pies fell into his face, and then like a random finger just comes from nowhere and just like <laughs> whips them off. <laughs> oh, tasty pies! I mean, this is the sixties. You could do whatever you want with kids in films. There were no laws. <coughs> the benefits of child labour for <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we get a little roll call of cunts. <laughs> it, it is what it is. It sets up the world. And, uh... When, like... it, in, How does it introduce us to Mary and, uh... They drink oh, they some lemonade for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tom and, and Mary. This was, this was the point, though, where it's like... Because you've had this kind of, like, cavalcade of all, all the nursery rhymes you kind of, like, know and stuff and you're like yeah, okay okay and then as soon as Tom and Mary come out they are the fucking blandest yeah. things ever and they just kind of like dance around and you're like oh no please don't let these be the main characters I was so happy when he was doing that old lady drag later and he actually had oh, a personality yes. <laughs> no I couldn't believe that because then he immediately sheds the costume and just goes back to himself instant disappointment Oh, yeah. to you. I thought you were an eccentric old gypsy lady who'd, uh, who'd read fortunes and slapped people's hands about. Oh well. But yeah, the the yeah our protagonists. Uh, so Mary, who is contrary because she has a weird garden, I think is the the nursery rhyme. Oh, it's cockle bells and Shelley bells and hell's bells. <laughs> 
pretty maids <laughs> and who knows. It's just weird names for flowers and they yeah. take a literal cares. But she is the sort of adopted mother of a bunch of Bo Peep and then some vague children that are there's like a twins and two boys. I don't know if they're meant to be from one was just pie face kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, who had a pie face? To be fair, in and of, in and of itself, mm. are they people, Abby? Are they like? Did we get who they are, or what? Are they from nursery rhymes? I don't even know if they're named. Little Miss Tuffet or something. I don't know. Look at the characters. See if we go. Jack and Jill, maybe. <coughs> None of them. No, they were Jill. separate. They Jack and Jill. Yeah. Boy Blue. Oh, I did wear blue a lot. The yeah, older of two boys. Great. There's one just called The Little Boy, and, well... Like, All right. Know. Bobby Shaft Toe? I don't know. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a thing. What's, what's a thing? Shaft Toe. <laughs> I didn't bone up on my nursery rhymes. They yeah. all just sort of vaguely... I mean, I would have liked to have seen Humpty Dumpty, it's like a classic nursery rhyme, about don't fuck around on walls because it don't matter how many horses you got, they will trample your shell into blitz into uh, dust. Dust, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> something about don't fuck around on walls. I don't know. A lot of nursery rhymes are just like don't have. They're like PSAs, aren't they? About don't climb the pylon to get your frisbee. <laughs> oh, you. <don't laughs> die. The nursery rhymes are just you know medieval versions of that, aren't they? <laughs> You'll get the plague if you don't behave right. <clears throat> um. So okay, so there's some kids that are all looked after by Mary, right? And her income is shared with Bo Peep, who runs, obviously, is a shepherd, shepherdess, or whatever. And they have rainbow sheep, which is fun, like kind of Minecraft style. Um, but trouble is, uh, she, well, she's planning to marry Tom Piper. The fuck does that mean? Uh, do you reckon Tom Piper's like Billy I think Piper's? It's like, uh, I think brother. it's Tom the Piper's son. Tom, Tom the Piper's son. What's that nursery rhyme again? Guys, that's it. What's the, <laughs> What's the moral of that one? Stole a pig and away did run. Oh, prick! So he's a criminal, and yet he isn't the criminal <laughs> in the story. Wait, wait! The pig was eat, and Tom was beat, and Tom went crying down the street. So he had to come <laughs> so, so he's all well, so trauma at this stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, he's got some past trauma he's dealt with, I guess. <laughs> Was the little boy who lives down the lane there? Because I, I'm all right with him. He's cool, getting his black sheep or whatever, wool or whatever. Sorry, getting sidetracked. She's gonna marry Tom, the Piper's son, and they're happy about it. But uh, unfortunately, there is a cardboard cutout uh, <laughs> tumble down, uh, like fucking mansion on the hill. First. First compliment I'll give the film. I do like the uh, illustration of the pointy uh, evil mansion. Oh, oh, you might know, Jamie. Does that mansion look like the Castle Video Mansion? Oh, kind of. Good. Not just me. Yeah. Good. No, I know. I know. I know what Castle Video. I know what you mean. Abby, you described this uh, villain when you saw him one way. What was that? Uh. Robbie Rotten's ancestor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has that yeah. vibe. It's that kind of Sportacus, what's it called? Lazy Town vibe. Oh, Toy- yeah. Toy- Toyland must be very adjacent to Lazy Town because they have a similar sort of 
vibe and outfit style. Not quite as many puppets in this, although one, crucially. Um, Abby, were you thinking of Palace video? Oh, I might have been thinking of Palace Yeah, video. the neon... Uh, God, I can hear the music in my head. Carry yeah. on, because yeah. I'm <laughs> <I> spiralling. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason there's this evil douche who lives in a... He's the villain because he's the most interesting person in the town. Yes, well he does, he dresses like Dracula, he has a few uh, extra bits of pointy sideburn thing going on and a... And a oh, the, the greased down curly sideburns on his head. Charming. <laughs> yeah, so he dresses like Dracula but with a, a stovepipe hat bigger than an actual chimney with a black feather <laughs> in it. Which is an yeah, amazing is look. Ray Bulger is, what is it, Barnaby? Yeah. He, and he's great in this. He's he is just doing like full on twirly mustache. Uh, yeah, and it's the the really is like the most entertaining thing about the film. And I'm sad every time he leaves and we have to watch anyone else. <laughs> yeah, he's good, and uh, he's got the right vibe for this. He really he perks up the the show, and his but his evil yeah. plan. Is I don't quite. There's some sort of dowry yeah. involved in Mary's marriage, where she's going to inherit money, but I guess her parents don't exist. So do they? Is she going to inherit? She's not going to inherit when she gets married, is she? How's it no, work? she's going to come into money once she is married, which I don't quite understand. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, it's some sort of bizarre dowry, which is not dependent on who she marries. But I don't, why isn't he just robbing the parents? Anyway, his plan... I guess also she's hot or something, right? And she's like, I, I'm, an, I'm an older gentleman. Uh, it'd be good if I can swan in and sort of, you know, look the hero, the gallant man. Here. Yeah, and this is also, uh, you know, a, a film from an era when um, if a man married a woman, it meant he could do whatever he wanted to her. So that's the implicit threat here. <laughs> is it like... Yeah. Oh, once I'm married, you can't say no. <laughs> oh, I don't know. They don't sleaze it up, really. It is mainly a no, sort of money uh, thing. No. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely from a time where arranged marriages weren't that weird. But it's not an arranged marriage. It's, it's like a, the plan he has is, okay, this Tom guy is a prick. If we get if we bag him and tag him and throw him in the sea, he's out of the picture. I'll get two dopey henchmen who are just like Laurel and Hardy uh, yeah. to take care of business. Then I'll tell them to nick some sheep to sort of financially ruin Mary and Bo Peeps. Uh, like, they can't look... Tom's going to have gone. That's one income gone. And then the, their business, farm business is ruined because the sheep have gone. Oh, they, 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 they missed a trick not getting the kid who cried wolf there to ruin things for Bo Peep. They definitely needed a crossover. Um, but once the sheep are taken away... He he can then be like ah I am the eligible on the day you'll be grieving the loss of your boyfriend <laughs> I will offer to marry you and set you up in spade in a, in a castle where we'll exploit the poor people of the town. There's a whole music yeah. no, musical number about exploiting the Spanish poor people. I do I do appreciate the fact that because uh, I, I don't think it ever fully establishes like who Barnaby like is other than he's the bad guy. But this, from the song that he sings, it does appear to be that, like, he's a landowner and a landlord. Mm. So, like, good villain choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a banker. 
like he's he's all about money and finance and owning land and taking it out from other people. I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't know what nursery rhyme is about Barnaby the landlord. <laughs> the Barnaby name. Barnacle, according to uh, IMDb, which I have no idea of that. But I also don't think uh, the, go- the his hired goons are from a nursery rhyme either. They're just there are a couple of Mexican sounding. <laughs> But not Mexican, Mexican visually guys. They got, they got like Rodriguez and something. Oh, Gon- yeah, Gonzalo and Rodrigo. But I mean, Vladimir and Estragon, Laurel and Hardy, Penatella. Pen- Penatella, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> they got like a Penatella <laughs> thing going on. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because Rodrigo never talks, does he? He just like gestures and yeah. and hides in his jacket. Bunsen and Honeydew. I don't know. <laughs> Like uh, apparently, this is something I read. Was uh, so Lauren Hardy obviously took the musical and did their own comedy of it beforehand, and then so when uh, Disney came to making this one, apparently in the Babes in Thailand, they that Lauren Hardy made, they had someone in a Mickey Mouse style costume, and it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna rip us off, we're gonna rip you off, <coughs> and so when they came to writing the sort of sidekick villains, they picked guys who would do a kind of pastiche version. Copyright dif- different enough copyright wise to not be literally ripping them off. But a it's very un- clear homage to uh, Stan and Ollie. It's, fas- it's fascinating how far back uh, Disney's ruthlessly litigious <laughs> nature goes. I think it's I, I think it's fair enough in this case because they'd been plagiarised themselves or whatever or, or they'd been some sort of if it was they, parody, then it falls under fair use. I... Yeah, but then the fair use here, yeah, because these guys, they don't look... They're fat and thin. Yeah, and it's not them. They dick around in the city. The guy does a, a pretty good impression of uh, Oliver Hardy, the the fat guy. And apparently he'd also done that sort of thing on, I think, Dick, Dick Van Dyke show. He'd done a kind of Oliver Hardy thing. I don't know, Henry, I haven't seen it. Henry Calvin and Gene Sheldon are the actors who play these two. And Abby, did you say this guy was famous for playing Mexicans, usually? Excellent. Yeah, his other part was... The other part he's famous for was him playing a Mexican. Nice. A particularly dirty, greasy one at that. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he also plays a shake in uh, The Girl from Uncle TV series in the 60s, so that's also... Good stuff. A man of of many uh, talents, a chameleon. <laughs> chameleon of race. Um, but in this, uh, I do quite like the costumes. They have two costumes, these uh, henchmen, and the, w- w- like they're all colourful and over the top, but kind of comically villainous with their bad clothes. And... He's also like he's Henry Calvin, the 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 bigger guy. Like he is a large man anyway, but I'm pretty sure they also put a fat suit on him. Yeah. Because he, because his, yeah, his like, his he's very, he's very big and round, but also firm. Like it looks like there's extra padding under there. Ah, oh, that loses points for fakeness. I don't like that. I want to be represented <laughs> in in the in the mainstream media. Um, I, I've the thing the thing I like about them is uh, so you got like they got different silly hats on and colourful clothes and ill-fitting clothes. Uh, but also, one of them has a kind of joined-up hun- handlebar moustache to the side for yes. this job. Yes. And the other one has heinous bald hair, which we only really see when he's in the sailor outfit. Uh, and that's, they do have a, they do have the shtick of Laurel and Hardy down pretty reasonably without one of them talking. Um, 
I think they've got. I think they they bring some levity to it, which isn't. No, they. I. They were like they were fine. I think a couple of the scenes with them go on a little bit too long. Just, but that's. I think that's just the nature of like this type of film and this period, because um, it is very much like no, we we just film a stage production basically. Yeah, but there's there, one sequence where the fat guy was on the other one's foot and he was sort of. Yeah getting his foot to work normal again and you're like what are you doing guy this doesn't even make sense yeah <laughs> are you just making this up just, and they're just rolling the just film? being silly with a bit that don't follow <laughs> but the yeah. stuff with the the different size hammers like yeah. the mallets that they use was funny and like him giving that kid the giant comic lollipop and then, then like it away pulling away and just leaving the kid with the stick was really good and yeah. the whenever they come back from pretending to be out at sea and they're wet and there's like water spraying from underneath their clothes when they like pat each other and the pool they're in keeps getting deeper every time it cuts away and cuts back. Yeah, it's good. Like, uh, that was a bit I latched onto. These guys are my heroes as a child. I could remember them more than anything. <laughs> and the whole bit in the puddle where they sing this song about... Uh, Abby, what's the lyric from the main lyric of that song? Oh. Uh, slowly, slowly... I'll give it I'll give that song points that is a good I don't know about like the like the verses but that chorus was catchy and you're giving the sad news that a boyfriend has died at sea and you're making a comedy bit well he also he also left a note saying hey you should marry that creepy old guy <laughs> let me just say mm. that they have the washed up note which can't be read easily but they have a crack and then like the, the other the main villain is like there must be more surely and he's like yep oh yeah. let me just yeah it says here <laughs> and it's like the, um, it's a good bit uh Ray Bulger, the guy who plays Barnaby, his facial expressions throughout this film are just fantastic. Like he's so, he's got such a cartoonishly animated face, and he's always reacting to everything. He's never asleep in any scene. Uh, yeah. He's shocked and appalled and angry at every, like any every moment he's hamming it up, and it, that's perfect. It's kind of panto comedy, it, stuff that works pretty well to children, and it's mildly amusing to adults. But it also emphasizes how. Dull the two main characters are, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it does, yeah. There's so much. Every time he goes away, I'm sad. I know. I just, I fucking. Every time Tommy and, uh, what's the name? And Mary started, like, singing to each other, yeah. I just left the room to do no, something else. The villains, are the, the villains are the only ones with bits as well. Like, they have yeah. the, ga- the ability to do cartoon gags. Like, uh, I mean, Tommy, when he's a woman, is the only time he's fun. And so this is yeah. That's the that's the that's the really weird and kind of annoying part of the film is that like, because what is it? He they sell the two goons kidnap Tommy by hitting him on the head with a mallet so hard he goes into the ground, um, <laughs> and then putting him in a bag and giving him a few more concussions as well. And then yeah. they're supposed to be taking him out to sea, and they see the camp for the. Uh, I mean, I suppose in the film they're called gypsies, yeah, so I'll it, say it. it but... but if that's what they're called in the film, that's what they're called yeah. in the film. Well, I don't know, if they were called N-words... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But, like, it, I mean, yeah, now we would call them Romantic, Romani or Travellers, or... There's, I don't know. I, I was saying off mic that I learned from this film that the word that they use extensively in these sequences is technically now considered a slur but they do throw it around plenty and it's in a it's in that almost like fairy tale that's the weird thing about like that 
you know that that type of person is that so many like uh old fairy tales and stuff made them like these magical mystical characters i suppose they used to do it with like middle eastern people too like they were always well, like well traveling people are known for having uh like fortune tellers and be having like circuses and stuff that like, so, that, that mythology goes quick, with part uh, of what they do quick story about the uh the environment i grew up in my uh my mum is all into like uh you know fortune tellers and all that bollocks okay. like she always uh, and she though was friends with a um like a, a Romani family or I think they were I no they were Irish they were like Irish travelers but they lived in like various different caravan parks while I was gro- so like my mum would just go and visit them and I would go with her um and they'd always did be in, she like, ever a different... try and sell you to them no <laughs> but the 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 wife like it was a husband and wife the wife was a fortune teller but she didn't use cards she, cards she had a fucking legitimate crystal ball that she kept in a velvet bag which is the most like amazing like authentic fortune teller thing I think I've ever seen it Um, was a bowling ball or something it was heavy, it was very heavy do they they wear pictures of the future in there I mean no but Uh, yeah for the sake of entertainment yes Yes, (laughs) but um, but, um, yeah no like whether or not you believe in any of that stuff the fact that she was that committed was is very impressive but um yeah this whole thing they sell him to them and then well he... this is this is the sad logic so for me it's not whether yeah. or not that there's a like a gypsy camp whether that's you know it, like at that time that's what it was called yeah. it's what yeah, yeah. people it's basically to a circus but you go hang on the, the racist thing here is oh yeah these people, you can sell children to them. <laughs> like, what? I mean, like, like also, fair enough. That we, is... Also, we have this grown man. Do you think that'll do? Yeah, it's like, it no. Does, like, what, what are they going to do with him? What I want to know, we don't see what happens between this point and Tom coming back, but he is sold to, like, a conscious man in a sack is sold to these people. <laughs> and then he, he comes out and he presumably befriends them, joins their um, musical number slash circus yeah. act. And pre- pretends to be the fortune teller in drag, it's, but it seems like it happened overnight, what, what? <laughs> or like within a day. How did he? What was the story there? We 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 avoided that shit. I would love to see yeah. Tom befriending them. But Can that's... I give you my conspiracy theory? Yeah, sure. He woke up in the gypsy camp with no memory, so then he became one of oh. their own. He then later regained his memory. They have the whole ploy to get him back with Mary. Oh, that's a much better film than the one we watched. <laughs> well, the thing is, the tr- it's the Bernie... Ber- is it Bernie? Mm. I don't what know who you're talking about. name is Bernie? Oh, Barnaby. Barnaby, Villain? sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, B- Barnaby makes the error, really, of hiring uh, the gypsies to be the entertainment for the pre-wedding or something. <laughs> yeah. And sure. so, that gives him... That gives like Tom the in to come back. I mean, in fairness, he doesn't he thinks his friends have drowned this guy. In a yeah, sack like a dog. Um But they yeah, they do it cuz they think they can get two paychecks. Double payday, out. not not out of let's have some mercy cuz they don't they don't initially want to kill him. But then they're like, "Oh, of course we can th- throw him in the sea." Yeah. 
But the, th- the thing that speaks louder than words, really, is when you, when a guy offers you initially pittance that they turn down, but when a guy, and you've done a song and a dance with him, and he offers you a giant piggy bank full of gold coins that that spotlight you. I love that the when he pulls down the coins in the piggy bank and reveals them, the light from the coins knocks them over a bit, and then the, the dollar signs come out, and they sort of Monterey Jack float to the... Yeah. Money, that when he shuts it, they fall to the ground because it's only the, yeah. the allure of gold that keeps them <laughs> alive. There's a, there's a couple the of end. bits. There's a couple of bits like that in this film that work really well. And again, it's like whenever the villains off screen, like it's it's like well, where's all that stuff? Because you also have like the shit looking trees or whatever, <laughs> like or, or the, or all the stuff in Toyland later on. Like it's like well, where's all the like cool cartoon stuff that was being like integrated in I guess there's the laser gun the, uh, say uh, it right Jamie what's it called Anthony <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> gun yeah speaking, gun. Of, speaking of slurs <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't turn you into a poof though it shrinks yeah should we oh, call it a shrink ray guys oh well oh well, they didn't get into it I guess there's a few there's a few there's a few terms in this that taken out of context are quite weird there's there's Slurs for travelers. There's the poof gun. Uh, there's pussyfoot, which uh, if you're if you're a George Carlin, Carlin fan, there's a whole bit about that that makes this film much weirder. Oh dear, I do like that they pussyfoot. They literally the villains <laughs> to say that they should pussyfoot and then proceed <laughs> to pussyfoot. sneak I, in I, a comical manner around. It's that and that they scheme in figure eights that I enjoy. Oh yeah. Visual scheming and pussyfooting from the villains. And this was going to say actually that the villains get to do shtick. So they like there's a joke where they're waiting for nightfall to sneak in one place uh, yep. into Toyland, and they like it's like a snap of the old fingers. Nightfall happens. Like that oh, that doesn't happen. The good guys don't have anything too fun happening. I mean, they get shrunk, a couple of them or one of them, I guess. But like they don't have bit. Like they don't do like a bit. Like when. Tom was in drag as a as a what are they called um, fortune when he when Tom was yeah in drag she's as a like the teller, she's the old fortune teller yeah he shoots his like he he, he takes his mask off or whatever and his, his clothes fly off his arms and it's like well where, yeah. you can't do that where's the co- so, comic book stuff the rest of the time yeah that that's what I was gonna say when I went off that whole tangent about um, that like that sequence and that character was so bland as Tom. And then he does this fantastically like broad, over the top cartoon performances. What's what's her name? It begins with an F. Florella. Gypsy Flor- Floretta. Oh, is it Floretta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he does all of like all of this like exaggerated acting, and I don't. I, I don't scre- think scream it's singing going. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think he's been dubbed by somebody. I don't think that's him. But like, uh, either I way. I don't think so. I think it's him. Anyway. Like, either way, like just a physical performance, and even with like that's the the really frustrating thing is he has a really good little back and forth with uh, Ray Bolger as well when he reads his palm. Yeah, um, and so they do a little bit of like his arm and yeah, slapping like, him around, slapstick Call stuff. Him a prick. Yeah. yeah, and then as soon as the drag comes off, he's just fucking shit again for the rest of the film. It's like it's so sad. Where is that? fucking bring Floretta back and also the fact that they drop Floretta so quickly 
I thought it was going to be this long thing where like she's around for a bit and it's like eventually revealed that it's that it's Tom, but it's it just like immediately nope. at that point really. So that, that's where the the sheep element comes in because we've we've got a double pronged problem. It's not just yeah because they this... no they well they realize they ended the film there, so they're like oh well, we need more film. Yeah, but the the hench the henchmen uh, have dispatched Tom and sold him pre this. And uh, they they have to break it to Mary and I guess Mother Goose and whoever's around that he's dead. He went to sea for no reason and died. Sorry, let's <laughs> let's let's have these comical. And it is a good bit. The practical, like you're saying, Jamie. Yeah. The the gag where water is coming squirting out of their costumes for seemingly no reason while they sing about big drowning at sea and splashing I, around in a in a impossibly deep puddle that then isn't I deep did. and stuff, you know properly laugh when um I don't remember the names Gonzorgo, the big guy, yeah. hits hits the smaller guy and the spray is like several individual jets of water that come directly up out of his collar. Yes. It, I don't know, I just wasn't expecting it and it that actually did get me. The great outfit as well, the 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 skinny one is the one who can hide in his court ball and he has that little <laughs> tammy yeah, like a top yeah, Tammy Shannon on top of his uh, balding head, and they look great. Like the kind of ridiculous sort of seaman come piratey things going on. Seaman come, all right then. Yeah, I'm saying seaman come piratey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <clears throat> My words were chosen correctly. I'm happy with what I said. Um, but the sh- the sheep is the other element of the plan. So off off screen, the sheep have been stolen. I guess. They're better sheep rustlers than anything else because they don't. There's no comedy there. It's just I don't know if they hit all the sheep over the head with a mallet or, but they've stolen the sheep or sent them off somewhere into the, what's the forest called? The forest of fuck you, you screw. No return. Forest of no return. Oh, I don't want to forget. There is another visual gag in that introduction of that forest that did again genuinely laugh to points to the film. It's just a sign gag because there's all the no entry. Yeah, keep it. Uh, no, uh, yeah, and then the last one is too late now. <laughs> Which, uh, that was good. You're done, mate. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the sheep uh, have have gone, and Bo Peep is distraught as you'd expect, and everyone. This is the livelihood, and so uh, this this is the the crux of the plan is the sheep still need rescuing and the, the kids have gone we have got we got a safe thing they kind of have a needless going to bed scene and then the kids get up and decide to go off into the night themselves to save to not allow Mary to go bankrupt or something I mean it's Bo Peep's fault Bo Peep it's her job so she should be going to look for the sheep in my thinking but they sneak off to the forest of no return despite the clue in the name that they won't be able to return and then so they need to rescue the kids then as well and annoyingly, the fucking sheep never get rescued in this film. No one... No, it never comes up again. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> a dead end there. I mean, did the trees eat all the sheep? Is that what they did? What happened? Abby, do you have any we guesses? Can only assume. <laughs> I know. What can, what can we conclude other than the, the monster trees ate the sheep? Abby? Well, the sheep could have just moved on. Like, say they were in the west and they went east. They went to the forest of no return. Trees don't give a fuck. Sheep continued east. Isn't the, nurse, isn't the nursery rhyme something about the sheep coming back with their tails between their legs or something like that? 
it is about her losing her sheep, yeah. So what's the conclusion? She just ah oh, fuck it. Well, technically, I don't think they are in the forest because the guys stole them, didn't they? They're not necessarily even there. And they do. They, they threw them into the sea. They turn. They they, <laughs> they draw that they can kill a guy or throw throw people into the sea or sell them. Uh, it's human slavery or something, but they draw the line at we can't shrink people. That's monstrous. So they turn they turn babyface the two henchmen at the end. Anyway, there's a whole fucking missing sheep palaver going on, and the kids have gone missing, looking for the sheep. And they oh, but the thing is, guys, the one of the enjoyable bits was uh, when is he a baron? Did we establish that? No, his name is. Barnaby. Barnaby. Uh, I don't know exactly what he is. So, yeah, he's just a local rich bloke. Oh, yeah. just... not rich bloke, because he needs more money. Not rich enough. Villain guy. Barnaby. He does a, a song that doesn't convince Mary. Then a, huh. he does a comedy dance for ages. <laughs> and then I... that gets sidetracked with him having a dance-off with a fountain. Which... Do you guys enjoy this shit? <laughs> I kind of do. On, well, first, first of all, I kind of enjoyed his dancing at the first bit because he was surprisingly spry and graceful. Who's the like, actor? Uh, apparently, he's the guy who played the scarecrow in yeah. Wizard of Oz. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, he was good at Which... your kind of peacocking dancing, anyway. Mm-hmm. So there was that. And then just the absolute absurdity of him, like, dancing with a water fountain. I was just, I was just kind of, what am I watching? Why did this happen? <laughs> he's like doing, he's got like an invisible bull. He's doing kind of toros. He's <sighs> songs about Spain. So and then a, a bench comes alive. Then a, yeah. a, a fountain goes off, and he has a kind of like dueling banjos dance, dance with the the fucking fountain. And like Mary does not seem like she's like. Uh, yes. Yeah. I the thing I couldn't tell, and I I feel like there's a couple of other bits in the film that are like this as well, is I don't know other than the actual fountain, which obviously they had to plan, but it's it seems like a lot of his dancing was just ad libbed rather than choreographed. Like they just pointed the camera at him and were like, "Yeah, you know, Ray, you've been you've danced," so he had to just. Yeah, so he had to just sort of pull from his experience and make stuff up at, on, like on film, but and then they just kept it, which is why it just goes on yeah. for so long, and he's there's, just throwing stuff in there that is just like I don't know this. this I, it, was, it was funny, I will say. It's just weird, and needless, and pointless. I just I feel like there's a lot of little moments in the film like that, like a lot of the bits they do, which are like are funny, but it almost seems like they were just putting them in because no one was directing them. Sure, it it, it lacks structure because there's a lot of songs early on, mm. uh, especially about what's happening, and then they dry up, and it becomes more yeah. action, uh, you know, action thing at the end. Um, but you know, I I also think this dance, some of those dance moves were later developed into some of the bits that Dick Van Dyke does in like uh, he's pricking around with penguins in Mary Poppins or something. It's a lot of the oh I'm being silly dance moves that I think. Yeah, but that's I, I mean maybe it. maybe they learned from this, but that's much more like okay we need to plan this out rather than just <laughs> tell him to dance and point the camera at him. But yeah, uh, Abby, how did you find the way the adventure? took its course. Do you feel like it could have done with actual structure? What did you think of this 
this build. Well, the two different halves had structure. Yeah. They yeah, just, kind of individually. Yeah, they just didn't really knit together very well. Or had a point. I feel like that was a thing for just, like, this type of film, especially at this time as well, where it was just, I don't know, just throw it all in. We'll see see how it comes out at the end. I think the pivotal moment where the movie changes from one idea to another is, so they go looking for the kids, which is part of the initial uh, conspiracy, and so they come across, the kids have come across these... uh, Tree costumes. Tree (laughs) tree men, people. What's what's, what's amazing... Ents, sure. These tree blokes, the the costumes are elaborate and yet they're shit and good, aren't they? I know. It's like the quality, the, like the mouth moves and the, the actual the eyebrows design. Yeah, yeah, the actual design is incredible, but the the materials used to bring it to life are not so they're much. They're just stumpy tree faces. It does but, show, you know, Peter Jackson. You don't have to spend millions yeah. on. <laughs> advanced CGI to make talking trees. You can just get a lot of polystyrene and and plastic and probably toxic materials because this film was made in the 60s. I'm sure some some of those guys in those outfits ended up with some kind of skin cancer or something. Well, I'm surprised uh, Black Lung. Yeah, because the guy from the Wizard of Oz the Tin Man from that was the the first one was poisoned, wasn't he? Oh, fuck, yeah. (laughs) It's probably not too far from the truth. Um... But these stumpy-faced uh, entities, they fucking... Entities? Entities, you see. <laughs> um, they basically are the police of the forest, and they're like, oh, you're in fucking Thailand now, bitch. You have to report to the <laughs> the toy maker. No one sees the toy maker. Oh, wait, you do see the toy maker. He's the mayor and the police chief. And, and also Santa, Santa, I guess, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I and... kind of wanted this to have a much more mafia vibe. But no. no I yeah, I was hoping the toy maker would be like a, a, a name for like a, you know, an, a sinister mob boss type. And they call him the toy maker because it's like, it's cute. It's like calling a big guy tiny, but he's actually really scary and sinister. Yeah, kind of a ventriloquist from Batman type of thing going on or something. Yeah. Or oh, the, the Joker even, because that's a silly name for a guy dressed like a clown, bro. Yeah. He fucking shot it's... you in the face. No. But there are, I mean, there's even, I think there are toy toy maker characters in Batman that, well I mean Mad Hatter is one well this guy plays this is the Mad Hatter from Unless in Wonderland as well okay I want to talk about Edwin because I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything live action oh but just his... be, before we get there right we, we'll put, we, oh. we can talk about him but the, the important thing in the scene with the trees after they talk to the children and scare them or sort of intimidate them into but they, they have a f- kind of half decent song I don't remember it, but sure. it was okay. And then the adults turn up, and the trees act like trees again, and the adults have a kind of, no, 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 you, kids, sh- uh, no, shut up, kids. Shut up, hear kids. About the kids, yeah. the, kids, the trees weren't alive, don't talk shit, we're going to sleep in the forest of dangerous trees you just said are alive. <laughs> Act- no, shut up, bedtime. <laughs> and then the, turns I, out the trees I are alive. It was very relatable to me <laughs> to see yeah. the adults. And the, the kids talking shit at them, and the adults go, just go, shut up, just go to sleep. I don't care if there's a monster under your bed. We're going to sleep Jeez. under the bed. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> but they, but as soon as um, the trees go, hey, we are real monsters or whatever. Um, ah, we're real monsters. But <clears throat> they, 
say they're going to take him to the toy maker in Thailand, and then the kids are all up for it. They sing the toy Thailand song. Yeah, like they're thrilled. It's like it's Thailand. Bitch. Well, it's guess, like going to yeah. prison in like Ch- Willy Wonka's fa- chocolate factory. Yeah. yeah, I guess the name like they they say Thailand as if it's intimidating, and the kids are like, "Wait, what?" And, Thailand. Yeah. So that's my but dreams come it is it, it, it's. It's toys in that like 1960s fiction sense, so it's all shit that you would never play with as a kid, like fucking wooden pull along wooden trains and soldiers and all that fucking shit that I have never seen a child enjoy in my yeah. in my life or my own childhood. That's true. Where the Ninja Turtles guys? Yeah. The biker bikes from Mars figurines and <laughs> the Megazoids and the fucking Transformers. Um. So, uh, yeah, Jamie, you wanted to talk about Edwin and his role as the toy maker. They do... They take all their... The trees go, we don't really go into Thailand, just walk in yourselves to the, yeah. to the picture of Thailand. And then the, the fence of balls, they're like, it's about the as imaginative as it gets into, oh, everything's toys. Yeah. The, the, the fence is made of balls, so- and there's... We, yeah, we've moved, we've moved from one film into another one. Yeah, this is a pivotal moment now. It's like, this oh, is this it. is where this is where Babes in Toyland starts. Yeah. Um, yeah, Edwin is one of those actors who, like, I I don't think I've ever seen him physically in something. So for one, I didn't realize how well, much he is in Mary Poppins. He's the guy I, who floats in that. Well, Mary laughs. Poppins, just fuck off, because I don't like it at all. <laughs> Maybe I've seen it. I mean, yeah. Abby, I don't we, know. Did we, Abby? We saw Edwin in something physically as well. He was in. Was he in an Upside Down House or something? No. Fuck. What was that thing with the Upside Down House room? I All these fucking nineteen sixties colourful children's bollocks films. They're all fucking <laughs> run together. He's in them. Though. Anyway, I know. Yeah, he's the, the voice. Yeah, of, I didn't. Uh, the Mad Hatter. I didn't realize how much they designed the Manhattan to look like him but also he's one of those voices that subsequent generations of actors and voice actors have just taken his voice because it's so amazing um so there's like a weird thing it sets off in my brain because I've been hearing his voice throughout my life even when it's not him um I don't remember who plays the villain in Wreck-It Ralph but he's just oh, doing yeah, yeah. this voice. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, it's Alan and it's Tudic, also, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. It's definitely based on um, him, though, isn't it? But it's, yeah, it's and it's just such a distinctive voice that it's it's also one that used to come up all the time in The Simpsons. Like, various incidental characters would just be given an Edwin voice. Um, but it's so weird hearing it come out, uh, or seeing it come out of a human man. Because <laughs> it is a cartoon voice. It's not, like... I, I also can't imagine him sounding like anything else, because he looks like his voice. Yeah, I mean, he's got uh, it's, he's got some good shtick in this as well, hasn't he? Like, he's one of those comedy actors who's actually he's he's got the bits going. He's one of the good guys who has a bit. Like, he's the way he condescendingly takes charge of everything, the way he like talks down. To, he's got an assistant who invents everything, and then he comes yeah, along and. Yeah, Grumio invents things. Mad Grumio, you're a genius. Very good. It's almost Jewish, isn't it? Oh, you're a genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but he, um, he's like 
don't forget who the fucking head toy maker is around yeah. here, give me, <laughs> give me your fucking invention and I'll break things and it's totally your fault when it goes wrong. And they repeat that gag and that's nice. That's fucking, that's good, you know, proper bread and butter comedy stuff. The machine that they have to make toys is is every contraption in every children's film from the 1960s. Just a big, twirly, colourful thing that's like beep, like yeah, all of it's the, like, like everything from Willy Wonka. It also kind Factory. of made me think of that fucking nightmare uh, children's series from the early 90s, Bertha. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, because of the face on the on the factory machine. Ugh, making it's not anywhere picture. near as fucking chilling and terrifying Bertha, as Bertha was, though. Oh, lovely Bertha. <laughs> oh, even the song is What's uh, I, I, I remember the thing I've seen Edwin in. He was in Cinderella. He was the fairy godfather in Cinderella. So <laughs> I'd never even heard of that. Uh, Jay Lewis movie. Of course. Where his sex changed Cinderella. I already. can't fucking imagine those two voices just going at well, one another in a well, film. Good news, you can relive that. Yeah. <laughs> or have experience it. But yeah. It, it, the the mad machine this machine the kind of conveyor belt of wacky doodads machine that can make <laughs> any toy and has numerous but it's like a fucking blackberry phone with a number of buttons on it <laughs> i mean do you have any any hot take on the the gizmo that makes any toy and how it gets used and it's destroyed it's just that beautiful 1960s aesthetic of technology in general and how it has buttons and it does things but they have no concept of how it actually works. People who do, couldn't tell you what a computer is if they had a, 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 a two hour seminar on it, they would be like I, it's got buttons and graphics come up and you, you, you press dials and they do things, right? Yeah, that's computers, yeah. I love it, it has a speed setting. And obviously <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you create, if you create a computer that can make any thing like a basically a 3d printer and it's like don't have a setting of super fast if it can't manage it it's just the break it button when when your boss is the kind of toy maker who goes oh i've made the perfect new toy kid little boys love breaking toys so i've pre-broke a toy for <laughs> them if he's that kind of prick don't let there be any buttons that can destroy the machine just let's dial it back a bit and be reasonable. I don't know. I will say I was disappointed, though. They kind of missed the trick of producing toys that were like a boat with legs and a dog's head kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, toy. <laughs> no Toy Story uh, freaks. Yeah. <laughs> From, uh, what's the kid's name? The neighbour in the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, not Gus, fuck. Iron teeth boy. Where, where did Gus come from? It's <laughs> a very cartoony kid's name. Yeah. Gus. Answers on a postcard, I guess. Is it Ed? No. No. It's equally bad, I guess. Right, we have to Google it now. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> Gus is worse. But they do have the toys, like, all the machine can't cope, it sort of explodes and bursts. It dumps a shit ton of toys onto the toy maker, and they all like explode and then reveal themselves from within the gadget, and you know, 
Oh, it's Sid. Sid. Short name. I think that's what we were going for there. I was closer with Ed, so you could fucking uh, how is it leave the How podcast. is it closer? How is Gus closer than <laughs> Ed to Sid? It's not. Ed is closer than Gus. Well, neither of them are the right at all. I know there's a D in it. Oh, so if it's Hangman, <laughs> you still would have lost, but at least you thought of one letter. If that's what this was not the tangent I was expecting. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the bloody thing exploded, didn't it? And then, the, Abby, what was yeah. the great line the guy has? Right before the great line, it, I just... Oh, sure. The machine calls out for help. Yeah, yeah. that was very sad. <laughs> it's just, there was no reason to put that in. They didn't Look have to face. make it have pain. <laughs> and Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> Oh, go to your room and invent something to destroy yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's fucked up, but they tell us to make that. There's some good, there's some really good, really, like, brutal uh, comedy that's darker than the rest of the film between uh, Grumio. I almost just called him Groomer. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Grumio and uh, the Toymaker, like, when he um, interrupts him in, in, like, oh, not interrupts him, <laughs> interrupts him from sleep when he wakes up. <laughs> um, when he's invented the, uh, the puff gun. <laughs> and he wakes him up and he, he's just like, don't shoot me. It's my new invention. Oh, oh shoot, do me. shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. He's, Edwin is so fucking good, good with the yeah. vaudeville style bit in this. He just he's constantly doing it. The, my favorite bit in the scene where they like get this poof gun that shrinks things is when the, the sort of they come to the conclusion that it's shit. So they come to the conclusion, like Tom points out. So you oh, yeah. if you invented this shrink ray, we can make toys out of all the furniture being shrunk down. And then they go, oh great, this is brilliant. Let me have a go. And they shrink everything in the room. And then he goes like, Tom is, oh so, but where are you going to get all the regular size things to shrink down? And then Edwin's like, serious face turns to his employee, employee and is like, where are we going to get the big things? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh bollocks. And he's Question. like, he chucks it in and he's, he's sick of it. But then he also, because well, his bed is small, he puts his foot in the bed, tries yeah. to put a bed in the tiny bed. Nothing's only good if my foot is asleep. <laughs> so good. It's not a bad impression. Yeah, I know. I and told then, you I've grown up hearing that voice and everything. And even even when he's shrunk down by the villain, he's like, Oh, I was confused. I could just get into bed now. Yeah, I'll yeah. still go to bed. <laughs> it's such a oh, he, 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 he really perked the second half of this up for me. Yeah. Yeah, because this is the thing, like, without that comedy, like without that like really broad sort of vaudeville comedy, this is it really is just sort of lumbering along with like no purpose. particular like, point or purpose like, we've forgotten about the sheep it, it doesn't matter that he's like he's not a villain like it's not like like uh, Wizard of Oz where the wizard sends him on a stupid yeah. quest and waste it. like this is just oh no I'm actually nice I guess apart from know, like, my factory he, I, like the toy, Toyland toy factory is there's not enough people there it's run down he has no, he has he has no, no employees. employees apart from one so they've saw... invented this machine, which he breaks. So he yeah. takes on the children as... The children are going to work for... He's got, like, a clock that tells you what month it is. And they're like, oh, it's okay, we'll work night and day. And they instantly go to bed <laughs> after one, one half hour of work. But they, yeah. they're going to work night and day in, a, like, child labour on a conveyor belt, make, 
putting toys on a conveyor belt and pretending they've done something. It was very funny to hear in 1961 something that you also hear old shithead say in 2022, where he's like, you want to work? Nobody wants to work these days. It's like, oh, nothing's fucking changed, is it? Like, <laughs> fucking people complaining about the same stupid shit <laughs> that isn't true. Um, but yeah, he just puts these children to work, this family, as they like. And it, it's like the the part that I that made me laugh as well was that like they're working feverishly, but every time they're slightly distracted, he shouts at them. <laughs> He's such a fucking brutal slave driver. Like, I'm freaking get the picture of why there's no one in his factory. To be honest, they fucking unionized and left. Yeah, the elves unionized and are now they've all gone to work for Willy Wonka or something. Yeah, it's fucked up. Does it... And the song is really annoying as well that they sing. Tum tiddlyum tum tim tum blum blum blum. Fucking fucky bollocks. Fucky bollocks. <laughs> as they're all Classic putting toys kids. together. And they're all shit toys as well. Like you say, yeah, that's what like I'm talking about. These, 40s, these are not 50s toys. toys, but like yeah. also flimsy. Like there's three choir boys made of cardboard. <laughs> <was extremely>. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back as well. Oh, m- mummy, what, 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 what? Can I have a what Christmas present? Can I have three choir boys that look like <laughs> no. they've been made by a remedial child? <laughs> it's 1961. You have to remember that Christmas is about Jesus. Yeah. There weren't enough Jesus references in this for my liking. A few miracles, but like, no... You know, come on, guys. We can't isn't it, put the Christ back into babes in Thailand. <laughs> um, Christ in Thailand. Christ, that would have been a better time. Christ. I was saying Christ, Christ a lot. Christ in Thailand again. It. The sequel. <laughs> uh, Anthony, were you... Were your spirits lifted by Edwin, or was, was it... Was it... I mean, you were on, but you know, you, you were you were sort of enjoying how mad it was, right? I think. I yeah, I was. It, the, the the kind of the thing just surprised me by just like it could have been really run of the mill because like well, a lot of it was, but there were just moments of weirdness yeah. that I wasn't expecting, and they they were just often enough to kind of like perk you back up. Yeah, because well, for me anyway, and be like, oh, I'm, I, I'm slightly engaged again, and then there's a lull, and then oh, I'm slightly engaged again. I mean, a, a lot of it is just all of the actors that aren't the children of the two leads. <laughs> like yeah. any time it's some kind of patter or business between them, it's it's fine. Mm. It's a little bit much sometimes. Like there were, I think I did send in the in the group chat while I was watching it. I think towards the end, I was like, "This is fucking exhausting." <laughs> I was watching it from the floor, just lying <laughs> down. Like, yeah. like, uh, the, the plot is so convoluted. We got all this going on, and it, that's enough yeah. to be getting on. Like the crisis in Thailand is enough of a plot anyway. And yeah. then we go, "Oh yeah, the villains are outside waiting for it to be dark to, I guess, kidnap more people." And then it's just opportunities. Oh shit! A shrink gun's actually a cool weapon that a villain would want. Let's nick that and shrink everyone <laughs> for some reason. Um, so the villains wait, and then they sneak oh, in. In the the important thing as well about the uh, <laughs> the puff gun is um, if you shoot something twice with it, it disintegrates. Like it just shrinks down into nothing and vanishes. So that's like the threat of him using the gun. Yeah. Like so, I'll shrink you, but if you fucking get on my tits or obliterate you from reality. 
I didn't, but, oh, give, you, like, I uh, didn't give you the poof gun to poof people. I gave it to you to <laughs> annihilate people. Just like the 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 titular wizard in Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. oh. um, but this is where it cranks into uh, jeopardy and excitement mode because uh, we do we get you know we get a bit of dispatching like the toy maker shrunk down and then the villains are like they put they pop him in like a birdcage as a prisoner and I guess he's going to wreak havoc and get what he wants from Mary and the bunch of kids or whatever the fuck's going on uh, ruining Christmas but that doesn't seem to matter either um, and then the other the henchmen turn on him and are like oh come on now this is a bit much and they get drunk down and so he's just taking people out left and right and he does he successfully uh, poofs Tom one time so he shrunk <laughs> Got four shrunken Tom Thumb type deals, you know they're not all. But he's not Tom Thumb. Not Thumb. Tom the Piper's son, tiny as, uh, well, not even a thumb really. It's like more of a toy soldier size, I suppose. So this is something, right? So once Tom shrunk down, he's not. He doesn't get to poof him out of existence. But what happens then to to Mary and? Well, then he's like, aha, you have to marry me now because you have no agency and all of your heroes are gone. So he has... you do what I say. And the, the, but when you're the mayor and police chief and toy maker of Thailand, you also have the ability to marry people. So he's sort of forced at poof gunpoint Again, to marry some really, them. Some, some really good uh, back and forth between Edwin and uh, Bulger here when he's like stalling and like keeps insulting him and uh, with yeah. the what is it that do you take this man to be a husband I do that's funny I took him to be a grandfather I really like that one okay Meanwhile, <laughs> the, I'm glad is... I'm glad I'm not marrying you all that stuff no yeah it's this nice you know again the shtick keeps coming and this is a, an opportunity then for Tom in the other room to recruit the toy soldiers and yeah, the this... toy I don't, they don't, I don't know why they're alive now does anyone... Did I miss no. anyone? No. Abby, no. do you... Do you no, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell me. I, I think maybe because he's a human being blowing a toy trumpet, he has broken the Toy Story rule. No. Yeah. So you've, yeah, you've engaged with the toys, and maybe the bugle is like a call... To, you have to answer the call of the bugle if you're a bunch of soldiers made of wood for children. It, like... The film was already weird, but it goes fucking mental here. Um, but I do like as for as much as I've slagged the film off for the most part, I will give it some compliments on just the sort of scale and uh, the amount of work that would have gone into this. And it also does, especially considering like when it was and how like unfocused the film is this sequence is is like fairly impressive the animation and the soldier fight at the end took yeah. six months <laughs> I so. fucking bet it did um, yeah there's some like mix of like stop motion and like like built models and sets in different like scales and sizes that's going on and it's all kind of like so I was saying earlier that a lot of the dance sequences and even some of the comedy seems like it was they just rolled the camera and were like, yeah, do whatever. Um, whereas this sequence does seem like it, it like it's really well choreographed and like edited really well. I almost feel like this was the bit they 
gave a shit about and then the rest of the film was just a way to get to this bit yeah it's it, yeah it's like we had this great idea for what should happen in the end of this movie we're gonna put all our effort into this and uh, we want a bunch of fucking marching soldiers to come to life and like fucking submarine dudes or something like ship generals with pop guns to be firing off little sticky things there's a couple of uh, cute Native American fucking arrow <laughs> yeah. shooting toys that it's pretty hilarious when they they run off after Spike uh, arrowing him in the bum. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Or this because um my wife was like half watching this and she's more like she watches more like pre nineteen seventy films than I do. She tends to watch a lot of more like classics and stuff. Sure. Um. Again, the kind of stuff that a lot of the time I can't deal with, like musicals like Meet Me in Meet Me in St. Louis and or St. Louis, I think it's said in the film or whatever. Like, but she was watching this and it got to this point and she was like, "This is not where I thought this was going to go." <laughs> like, so much, ha- and again, I I feel like this is a thing of films almost from this era. They pack so much in that, like, the film's what is it, an hour and forty five minutes long. But I felt like I'd been watching it for like five hours. It's like, how has this covered all of this ground? Yeah, this era of musical, especially from Disney, it's like the plots are like, they they get more coherent as they go on. But there's still no right more reason why this stuff happens. And I mean, Toyland has got to have a toy bit in it. That that is fair enough. But there's nothing... but you would have thought that was the whole film. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with like there's all the nursery rhyme crap and stuff. Nothing to do with it really. You know, so like the, the, it was like in these this era, stuff like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang has. Oh yeah, well, sure, we got a flying car, but we must spend a scene like fucking with a haircutting machine bit, and you're like, what the? And then in a in a factory yeah. making like toot sweets for fucking the dogs, like, and we're like, what, oh. what are all these bits connect? Why are they? Why are they in the same child catcher? Yeah, it's just you know, it's all bits that don't seem to go together and they're strung together with the protagonists. That uh, that toot sweet song is the one that I'm like, fucking shove the film up your ass. I oh, oh. the one the one that I hated was um uh, just a toy. It was one of like the fucking Tommy. Oh. And I don't know. It's just I I get what they were trying to say, but it comes off really fucking condescending and weird. <laughs> fucking fucking musicals. Apart from Oliver, <laughs> we've got a soft spot for Annie the musical, which is basically no. Ginger Oliver Twist. Yeah. Now, she's well privileged. Actually, I guess from the get go. Hard knock, hard knock life is a good song. It's a good song. I find myself singing that in the shower and stuff. Oh, the one song in this though that really got to me, uh, where we we kind of breezed through it, but it was the one where she's uh, having a crisis about not. Being able to afford anything. Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was like way back. Stuff. But, yeah. It's like just oh, the number. She, one of her solutions for saving money was to walk on her hands to shave on shoe leather or something. So that oh, song, I think I said earlier, I I didn't mind that song. I think part of it is I liked how surreal the musical number is. It's just yes. her appearing around herself, and I was like, all right, this is something. Like I hope the rest of the films are like this. It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it when it did get to showing her walking on her hands, that was also a moment where I was like, 
I, I'm going to go pee. I'm going <laughs> to go something else for a minute. Plus, I've never heard the, the term 6% used so much in, like, a musical song. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, as, it's a song about how crap she is at maths. I was going to say, as someone who is, like, absolutely terrible at any source of maths, I did find this song relatable. Yeah, I just thought it was one of the few songs was like, yeah, this bit. This will speak to people. I mean, it's weird. Well, it was a, it was a song that was about something rather than just what's happening on the screen in front of you. Yeah. But anyway, back back to the ending, which is uh, Tom and his army of toys burst in and start firing flimsy plastic balls and stuff at this guy. Uh, so he's you know is it, the wedding is interrupted, I guess, and he has to fight off a bunch of toys that he can quite easily kick away. But yeah. there's a lot of like wooden yeah. cannons and ships and things hitting him, and he's like, it's it's it's, it's and like blimps dropping marbles on him. It's just a little, it's a hindrance. You know? Yeah, that's that's what I found funny about it. It's like they have this like huge build up of like all the toy soldiers getting together with this kind of like epic um, war music going on. And then when it comes to it, they just kind of like fire, and he's just like laughing at them, going like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, t- Tom is on his little wobbly toy horse and uh, has, has cut free of the soldiers and now they are just dispatched easily and then one of the little boat men with a gun there's like a boat with a cannon on it with a little chap in it that fires the balls out of it and then once uh, the bad guy gets hold of that he just guns everyone down <laughs> with these sort of I know, slight snooker are... ball sized explosions yeah, these... So these toys are presumably sentient in some way, so that's a really <laughs> horrible experience for that soldier in the boat that he's using as a weapon. Oh, it's like it casualties reminds... of war. It's like casualties of war, yeah. It's awful. He's being forced to take out his own, his his friends and allies by the villain. Being yanked <laughs> by a giant man to kill his... Yeah, his, his <laughs> it reminds me of um, that scene in the film Toys where all the toys are being maliciously, like, gunned down at the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some uh, traumatic stuff happening here. And in the film Toys. But for other reasons. <laughs> Want to get laid? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh, so... God, Edwin. I want to get laid. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Please don't. That's it. What's... Oh, the voice is in a Simpsons... There's a Simpsons episode, the one where... Grandpa has a, a libido tonic, like a aphrodisiac tonic, and they're trying to sell it around. And there's a there's a guy in one of the towns, and they give him the Edwin Wynn voice. I'm not convinced. I've had bad luck with aphrodisiacs. Okay, you're glad you've had that Simpsons memory. You've got an encyclopedic like... knowledge of the Simpsons. Yeah, I watched it literally every day, all through the nineties. Doesn't matter how many times I'd seen the episode, I would watch it. Um, so how's that therapy going? <laughs> Expensive, <laughs> extensive. <laughs> well, um, but you know, war crimes aside, toy war crimes. Uh, he, everyone is smashed up. Even the two, um, the two henchmen have managed to pick the now giant lock with their hand free, and have tried to fight. But they basically wield this. Uh, bought gun into position, shot at him, and then had it taken off them, and then cowered. Yeah, they with just the... sort of flop around. Yeah, Mary gets to woman up for one second. She's been cowering most of the time, 
I guess the children, yeah. where have the children been at this stage? They can't come in and kick this guy. They're asleep. Kids. They're just asleep in the other room. Yeah. Oh, listen, and then the to- the, the inventor kid guy is like also busy making another invention elsewhere. While this toy, the most epic part that toy- children might enjoy is happening, the adults are doing it. But yeah, she marries the one who um, does well because she takes the the gun that's dropped, the sort of boat gun character, and manages to shoot once uh, once the once the sh- poof gun is being used she shoots the the sort of glass bit and makes the... Oh, yeah, yeah. For some reason I thought she got hold of the gun and, and shot him and I was like, well, do it twice and get rid of him, but oh, yeah, no, she blows it up and it like goes all over him and, and he shrinks. shrinks him. And then, and then, then you have a surprisingly good sword fight. Well, I don't know. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> all things considered, it's not It's, it's terrible. It's Errol Flynn, but it's not too bad. Yes. But yeah, Tom Tom and... Uh, what's his name again? Barnaby. Tom and Barnaby have, uh, you know, a miniature-sized fight across the building bricks and things and the toy environment. And then... It, which He has a sword in his wibbly cane he's been carrying around this whole time, which I thought was quite a cool pimp weapon to have. Yeah, I like that it, the sword was like uh, um, wobbly. I don't know if there's a technical wobbly, word for it, yeah, but yeah, wobbly. wobbly. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Looked like a curly fry. No, um... I had a... Oh, God, what was it? I had some kind of action figure as a kid that had a sword like that, and now I can't remember what it was. No, it would have been for a... a it would have been his match. In the toy no, 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 never mind. I, it wasn't an action figure I had. It was in a game. It was in Turtles in Time, and the weird, like, mutant... Uh, not mutant, because they were mutants. The, the like, evil turtle clone. Is his name Slash? I think he had a sword that was like that. Wow, this is some deep turtle law here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. But they have a sword fight, and then... <laughs> Like Barnaby is dispatched into a jack in the box okay. that never bursts open again. He's just shut in there in dead forever. No, he's just fucking dead. He's and that is one thing I appreciated about the film. Is it is that death? It fucking murdered the villain on screen in cold blood. <laughs> like he just he doesn't stab him, he prods him with the sword, but then yeah, he falls presumably to his death. Because I thought it was gonna be um as the film was ending, I thought we were gonna get a shot of the two uh, you know, Laurel and Hardy types, and I thought they were going to have the birdcage and Barnaby would be inside mm. it. Yeah. No. no, 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 he's a fucking corpse in a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> well, he's entombed in it forever. Like, I thought, even, they should have had it be, he, like, pops out at the end or something to show he sort of mm. survived so the children are no, sad or whatever. Fuck it, he's dead. He's, and sleep, that's he's, something... sleeping, he's sleeping with his sheep now. The sheep are dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> Um, no, it's something that Disney were always really brutal about how they dispatched villains, even in fairly like tame films. Fucking Basil the Great Mouse Detective, where they throw Raskin off Big Ben, or like Rescuers Down Under, where the the poacher goes off the fucking waterfall. Yeah, even, they're not uh, afraid. They don't shy away like, from murdering the bad guys. Yeah, I was. I remember. I I saw it up in the cinema. And being like surprised that they killed the villain off in that film. Yeah. Well, and the like, old—it's the old man that kills him. It's like Jesus Christ! You fucking—you just dropped him off the balloon. Well, that's what you get. Well, I don't. Uh, I, I think 
you can't drop someone in a Jack in the Box and not have it pay off with a kind of Jack in the Box style joke. I mean, yeah. come on. It does seem weird that there's no payoff with him. Although and he fall, again, he falls in just... and bounces back and then continues the sword fight or something. I don't know. Well, I kind of feel like the film wraps up that they were like, how do we end this? They go handbrake turn. That's him dispatched. Everyone, the 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 inventor kid as Grumio has come up with a re unshrinking poof gun. Or whatever you would call it, a correct size a gun. Deep poof gun. Deep, yeah. Deep and straight, straight hair straightener. <laughs> what am I talking about? Um, he makes people big, normal sized again, and uh, then he tries it on his penis, and uh, that doesn't. No, he doesn't do that. Um, how so? How do you know? What are you selecting? The cloud just picks you and your claws and whatever you're holding. It doesn't like make the floor. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there are a lot of questions here. One of mine was whenever the two guys, the two goons get shrunk, it's because they both get shot as they're like hugging each other in fear. Mm. So like It's just nano, know, nanobot to, technology. Be... They're just in, with AI it knows what, what you want to be small. Maybe the settings are like the factory uh, machine. You just beep in whatever you specifically want and it knows. No. It's just silly bollocks. Don't matter. They're all the correct size now and then there's a marriage and a song and fucking yeah. you and then Tom, <laughs> Tom is in the fruitiest little white outfit <laughs> like the most delicious little lederhosen-y I don't know it's not lederhosen but it's like white Robin Hood tuxedo I don't know what do you call it it's just full camp full it outshines the bride in white I think that's a faux pas right and to be careful because she's contrary she could have changed her mind at any point and decided to marry the bad guy so yeah, I always wondered about that name yeah she's contrary she's fucking you can't you know you never know she flips she flops I think it is just uh, it rhymes with Mary rhymes with contrary <laughs> so they went yeah she has a weird garden fuck it people don't think about nursery rhymes they just pick words that rhyme and try and think of things that will keep kids from you know, getting bored on the playground. I don't know. Mystery Rounds are shit. This film was something else. I don't know what to say. I know what he looks like. What's he, he look like? He looks like a pimp from Narnia. <laughs> oh my god. Like keeping all the fawns in line. <laughs> Got my money, bitch! I fucked a lion! <laughs> you know it, he's the biggest player there is. Okay, thanks, Abby. <laughs> You're welcome. Good input. Yeah, I mean, good ending. Like, wham! Thank you, ma'am. Well, it ended. So that, that was good. ending. What'd you say, Anthony? Appropriate ending. Handbrake turn. Like the plot was very fast. So why not have a fast ending, right? Well, it's just like we 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 hit our crescendo. This is what we wanted to do. Let's just finish it. Fuck it. And then it got divorced six months from then on. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty got involved. He was quite. He was a lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't sign a prenup, uh, or the prenup was written on a piece of paper that was washed away at sea, and then it got misinterpreted. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Did the toys uh, get made on time? Probably not. Christmas was ruined that year. The toys were not made. I guess they could have asked the people from the rest of the town in. Or... I didn't talk about my favourite. My new favourite unit of time, which oh, yeah. is half past October. Yeah, it's good. It's <laughs> in the run up to my birthday, quite like half past October. 
Yeah, I like it. I'm going to try and do it in real life. But for my own amusement, I don't expect other people to take this on. July o'clock and all that. Yeah. It's a fun fun watch. I mean, very slow slow ticker on that one. Uh, but, mercifully, it did come to an end, guys. It wasn't a long suffering. It was it was uh, mercifully short, even though it felt like a thousand years at times. <coughs> so, you know, that was Babes in Thailand. Did anyone come away better from it, from the experience? I was uh. mildly surprised and pleased with it in parts. I didn't think it was all that terrible. Mm. Um, I was impressed by the visual effects. Yeah, same here. I'm like, most of the comedy was broad, but, you know, hit most of the time. Um, maybe it was low expectations, I don't know. You know, I certainly can't put it up there with other Disney um, musicals. Um, it felt from like the a era. panto, didn't it? It did. It did feel like it has. We don't. We don't know what our limit. We don't. We haven't. We've limited ourselves by keeping it. Basically, we're going to film an elaborate stage play. Whereas later on, they go. It, no, the medium is film. It should feel more like a film, right? So this was a little more basic. But they were trying, weren't they? You know, they were doing lavish, inexplicable sets. Plus, you know, they, they, you know, they set out, you know, this is, you know, this is a pantomime, and we're we're sticking to it, and that was fine. Plus, it did get oddly weird in parts, um, which is always good for me. Then as well. It's just, it's a shame. It's it's one of those things where the the main characters have nothing, but it's all the side characters that have all the personality. Yeah. That is a that is a popular downfall of many schlock piles of shit, is they fuck up on the main characters. I was just looking at my notes, there's only one thing I didn't mention, mm. and it was like the most subtle joke in the whole film, where it was right at the beginning, like, uh, all the villains are like coming down a ladder, and then there's like a really low ceiling, and like, uh, Barnaby has this like, really tall hat, and... He just kind of walks towards it, and you're like, "Oh, he's he's going to hit the ceiling, and it's going to fall off." And then he just like ducks below it, and nothing happens. Yeah, I just thought it was a really weird, subtle gag. I was like, "Okay, I kind of like that." The, the bad guys are always working. They're always like trying to make something be vaguely funny, like the fact that you know they're trapping their hands in windows and standing on each other's feet and bonking with hammer. Like they got, they've always got something up their sleeve, whether it's squirted water or falling out or, you know, wheelbarrow shenanigans. You know, there's, they're, they're busy keeping it light and entertaining. So I appreciate that. The villains steal the show here, definitely. And I guess mm. the toy maker as well. And his uh, assistant. Abby, yourself, any bits in the notes we glossed over or last thoughts? It's nice every now and again to really lean into something that's got technical. You're like, the early days where they're going, look what we can do, we'll blow your mind with the colours we got. These inhuman costumes. <laughs> the buildings everywhere. I feel like it's imp- this type of story, it's appropriate for everything to look this way. Like, be <laughs> over the top and caricatured and colourful, 
that is appropriate for children's nursery rhyme books. Sometimes it's like, you know, Technicolor is like, oh, you garish mm. for the sake of it. And the kinetic set as well, which is, again, yeah. very much of the period. Right. I mean, just... So there's stuff to like in this. There are things about this I like. It's yeah. just the stuff I don't like and the stuff I like don't weave together very well. Yeah. A lot of fun yeah. work and animation and all that shit, isn't it? A lot of effort has been put in, just not to the story making any, like, lick of sense. Uh, you, Jamie, any, any last thoughts then before we put this thing... Uh, before we disintegrate it forever? <laughs> Mostly the same, I think. Like, it's, it's, it's not that it's completely terrible and irredeemable, it's just, it's... The... You know the 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 more colourful characters with the actors putting more like comedy like over the top sort of effort in works. Just cut the fucking songs. All the songs can be gone, and oh, yeah. most of the love story and most of the screen time for those two main characters can be gone, and it would be much more entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's. I wouldn't get rid of the songs, but I would make sure the songs are worth having. <laughs> Keep the reasonable ones and have them just be better, better songs throughout, but at, at reasonable intervals to keep it as a children's musical that works. But I don't know, maybe they were just like, oh, this one's in the operator, fuck it, the work's done. In the operator, operetta, whatever. Um, yeah, it could have been worse. <laughs> I remember it being more entertaining, but my expectations were just nostalgic, so I'm not sure what. I just I just really liked the bad henchman guys. They were fun, and they lived up to my. They they were as good as I remember them being, and I did get a few other bonus things that were. But like, it isn't. I was disappointed in how fucking little sense it made. Like, I don't know what Mother Goose had to do with it. I thought she was a whole character, but she was just there for nothing, no reason to kick off the show. Anyway, the goose puppet didn't lend itself to any of the second half of the story. So why why have it? I don't know. A lot of, <clears throat> lot of stuff was arbitrary. But yeah, it was chucklesome. But yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go invent something to destroy myself now. Um, and you guys can... Uh, what was it called? To What was the walk the villains did? Pussyfoot. The rest of you can pussyfoot off <laughs> until next podcast. Oh, and we're going to. Oh, we're pussyfooting. Pussyfooting the fuck out of you. Pussyfoot. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Toodly pips. Bye. Bye bye.